Day one of 11 days of reefing. All right, so this is 52 weeks. Uh, we're following the episode format from yeah. uh, 52 weeks of reefing. But today, man, I, uh, we're gonna get decades of reefing experience all compacted into just 11 episodes. Uh, one every single day until we hit 11. Uh, this is tracking that same order as 52 weeks of reefing. Mm -hmm. And I would say, the fastest way to get to the current evolution of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we spent uh, last uh, season in Black Friday just kind of bringing you all the way through the history all the way. And now what we're doing mm. is just giving you where we are today. All right. So uh, here's the big piece, man, is this is uh, we got some before we dive in uh, today, we got four different episodes, I believe. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, episode one was, or two was uh, unveiling the tank and custom stand. Yep. Totally different information on that one. Mm -hmm. uh, we had sumps, what they do, uh, what you should select, planning a safer tank with redundancy, plumbing, overflows and return pumps. You can hear about all that stuff. But first, we're going to share some things about like if I only had 10 things to tell a new or even like a current reefer and like, well, you had your attention. I could only get these 10 things. We're going to share what those things are. Yep. Uh, but you know what? The first part that really came to mind to me when thinking about this is a quote that I read in uh, the Doyle Brunson's book uh, and poker. The super systems. Yep. <laughs> it was. Winning is the easy part. All you have to do is have the best hand. Uh, not losing is the hard part. Yeah, right? it rings true. Okay, I, there's so many areas of life where definitely poker, poker is true. quotes. <laughs> uh, winning is the easy part. But reefing too, I, mm -hmm. I would say look at it this way. I mean, to win at reefing, all I really need to do is uh, throw a tank full of salt water, throw some rock in there, mm -hmm. throw some corals and some fish in. I win. Day one, man, I won. Yeah. I'm winning, yeah. <laughs> it's every single day after that, I also need to win or not lose. Not lose, yeah. This is the piece I think that is maybe the most fundamental thing that everybody needs to think about, which is like, Every single, whatever worked for me yesterday may not work for tomorrow. And I need to stay sharp. I need to keep thinking about the beginning or, or what's going on to happen at tomorrow. Yeah. Because like it could all be taken away from me at any moment. Instant. One bad decision. Yeah. Instantly yeah. or slowly, it could all, it's all teetering on yeah. like this balance. Yeah, we're going to get into the slow part is actually a good one because mm -hmm. often we're in reefing, we're looking for that we did it, something and then everything died. Yeah. Uh, right. But often it's the accumulation of a single bad decision done a hundred times. Till it hits a tipping point yeah. and then it's over. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to learn all about all this stuff. And I, I think, you know, <laughs> these episodes might be pretty lengthy, but at the same time, you know, we're taking decades of experiences and probably like it took me thousands and thousands of posts, uh, forums, tanks putting up, you know, like out of 15 years of working here, all kinds of different things to be able to get to where we're at. To like gather and hone that knowledge. It, the people that watch this to come will be able to get all of that all condensed you know, into a matter of hours, yeah. right? 11 episodes. Yeah, uh, that's exciting. And yeah. then I think we'll actually uh, end up breaking it up and in the end, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Ah, yeah. Cool. All right, so uh, by the way, Doyle Brunson, 
has more wisdom than you would have ever thought. <laughs> We're gonna start every one of these episodes with a little bit of Doyle. Yeah. Uh, so there we go. Uh, also. <laughs> Uh, the biggest thing that we're going to talk about today, is, or, or throughout the entire series, mm. is betting on the highest percentage outcome. Not mm. this thing worked for you, this thing worked for me, this thing worked for you, but because anything can work, you know, mm -hmm. one out of a hundred times. But what most people are looking for when they ask these questions aren't absolute. Will it work? Will it not work? Because those things don't exist in reefing. There is no black and white. It's just which options will have the highest percentage outcomes to your specific goals. We're going to hit on that as the focus. Uh, everything can work once. We need to get past that. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, again, winning isn't the easy part. Not losing the hard part, Doyle Brunson, the spirit of today. Mm. So here is the, ne the next piece here is that... Uh, the 10 things we, if we only yep. knew. If only you knew about reefing mm. right now, I'll let you start with the first one. The core belief? Yep. All right. So the core belief here is that, you know, reefing is more than a toy set up on a whim. Uh, we're creating an environment that houses uh, rare and unique pets, probably the, the most uh, difficult pets to keep or pet ownership. Um, their survival and growth is the measurement of how good we are at it. Uh, so, you know, death not being the answer, the be all end all. So if you're watching this and you're like, no, man, uh, the Tevin Reef Tank is just a toy and I don't really care whether or not I kill this stuff. It really is immaterial to me. Uh, yeah. I'll just go replace it. That's probably the wrong series for you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, we're not going to have a lot of information there because it's always cheaper to uh, replace the animals than it is to care for them properly. Yeah. Uh, so, like, that's not <sighs> the angle. And if you're really thinking about, like, in any old hobby, like if we're into RC planes, it'd be how many loop-de-loops you could do, right? Yeah. In this case, the measurement of success For is very much how long can you be successful with this thing? Mm -hmm. And many people are into it for decades. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you have a 20-year tank. You know, you can be as successful as long as you want to be. So, uh, really, not a whim. It's not a toy. We're creating an environment that rare, uh, houses rare and unique pets. All right. So, in that spirit, uh, that's our core value and belief on this one. What do we believe matters most? Mm. And I'll give you the first one. Okay. Here. Consider the ROI of reefing and design around that. For me, the return uh, is the challenge of doing something difficult, uh, challenging the status quo, uh, evolving our knowledge set, a bottomless pit of creative energy, and there just happens to be something beautiful and powerful at the other end. Perfecting the environment is the hobby for me, but for you, figure out what it is for you and design your mm. hobby to that thing. Uh, you know, if you're into cars, it might be I want to bling it out and have the chrome out al alternator. Yeah. Another person might just want to have the fastest car known to man. You know, yeah. pick, a, pick the path. In a lot of the in, in a lot of those other hobbies or any really hobby, I think the the main ROI or return on investment for anybody is just the joy that that hobby brings you. That is the thing. Like I, I read a lot of times when people talk about reefing and I invested in this mm -hmm. and I invested in that and everybody chimes in and says, you don't know what the word investment means. If uh, you think you're uh, equating it to a reef tank, you're not going to get anything out of it. 
Like people yeah. invest in joy all over the place. Oh yeah. So uh, like where else are those extra dollars going to? Almost everything you buy is in some manner an investment in joy. <laughs> you know? So uh, yeah, consider that. And so think about this throughout the entire uh, series is how do you enjoy the hobby most? What brings you the most enjoy and invest in that pieces, those pieces of it. Mm. Next one. Uh, next one is the most successful reefers uh, that you've met, that I've met also, uh, are those that anticipate the inevitable and know what to do when it happens. This is thinking on that, the, oh, it's almost like that, the, the critical thinker, the, the one or the, you're constantly full of criticism, skepticism, it actually works in this hobby, for you know, for me, I'm, I'm always, I've always questioned and second guessed and questioned everything. But it actually really works here because that leads you to think of, well, what if this? Uh, what if my lights go out? What if my salinity changes? What if my pump fails? What if my ATO fails? Uh, and then the, the most successful people in this hobby that that I've met, that you've probably met too, are the ones that consider that and then do something about it. So they know, so they have a plan when, when that happens, because it is inevitable. It's kind of like that sentence or like thought process of I'm going to let life happen to me or I'm going to happen to life. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, and so, you know, if you anticipate the inevitable and everything breaks on the, uh, you can, almost all of it can be anticipated at this point. And if you watch this series, you'll be able to anticipate Anything. Every last thing that could happen to your tank, you'll also know instantly what to do and how to prevent it from the first place. Yeah, and that, is, I mean, that's a gem of knowledge that will lead you, catapult you into the stratosphere as far as how long you're going to be in this hobby. Totally change the trajectory, yep. uh, the, the long-term trajectory. Okay, another one is emulating other successful paths has the highest percentage set success. Find a mentor and listen to someone rather than everyone. We've heard this. Uh, this is kind of one that uh, has been around now for I think a couple of years. Have been saying that uh, ever since you ever since your speech over at Reef of Palooza, it was like uh, stop listening to everyone because that's that's how we came up. Reading the forums, reading books, learning on your own. I had the benefit of YouTube by then, but uh, you start to listen to every single person's opinion out there, and you just get lost. And none of them share your needs. They're just kind of telling you whatever works for them. And in the collage with missing the details and parts of the journey. Mm. And so when I say listen to someone, you know, it can be, you know, play people like Randy and I, you know, we share a lot of information. We share journeys and tanks. But mm -hmm. most valuable is if you can find like an actual person in your life. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, somebody, somebody who has the time. Store. Yeah, somebody yeah. who can actually give you the attention one on one. A buddy, yeah. you know, whatever yeah. that happens to be a little fat farther than you down the road. But like, mm. whatever it is, is like emulating other successful paths have way higher success rates than just kind of building your own. That brings up, uh, you know, something else that we usually, it follows in tow with that concept of uh, listening to someone rather than anyone. And that is uh, listening to someone who is ahead of you in, in your path. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know if I want to listen to the same guy uh, who is, has the same exact questions as me because then we're just the blind leading the blind. It's true. I, I mean, like I've said this before many times, but like, if I was uh, sitting in university, I'd know exactly who should I should listen to because he's twice as old as me, there. he's wearing a suit or <laughs> she's wearing a suit up front. Yep. Uh, uh, 
I wouldn't ask the person next to me to cheat, teach me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I think of it as, as like there are mentors and then there's various grades of peers. So really advanced reefers or even intermediate reefers gone through a lot. Mm. Like you can actually use your peer to create new ideas, but mm -hmm. uh, they won't be proven paths. You're just kind of challenge each other's thought and yep. evolving it together. But if you're like brand new, Listening to other people that haven't done this before and asking the exact same questions as you, I, and we tend to kind of just regurgitate whatever thing that you know you yeah. heard yesterday is yeah. the right answer. It might not even be something you practice. It might just be something you heard. You know, in fact, if, most of the time, if you read a thread and you ask a question, the of there's thirty answers. Three of them are from somebody you really should listen to, and 27 or somebody, it's your peers <laughs> going through the exact same thing as you at the moment. So uh, that is the one of the core things. You really want to be successful, find somebody uh, to listen yeah. to. I like this next one. Uh, a good water change schedule is an incredible substitute for skill. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, there was a time where we went down that path of, uh, of exploring the non-water change, uh, the whole vibe. Kind of a lot of skill, yeah, and there was a lot of skill involved to, to kind of follow that path. Uh, but if you kind of want to skip all that, like, do water changes. You could have the crummiest gear. You could have the crummiest, uh, like, of all kinds of, you know, bad chemistry solutions mm -hmm. that are, uh, or I shouldn't say bad, but less than perfect chemistry solutions. And all of it is nullified if you're willing to do consistent water changes. And the people that do consistent water changes uh, have mm. the highest percentage paths to yep. success, especially in the beginning. Oh, yeah. So I would really, and it's noted here that it's an incredible, it's not, it's not that the water changes have to happen in all cases, it's that it is an incredible substitute for skill. It, uh, it's not very, it doesn't take a lot of skill to do a water change. I mean, mix up, mix up my salt water to the right salinity and bring it up to temp if I'm doing a big one and then bad water out in with the good water. It, that was easy. All right. Uh, so here's the next one too, is uh, what, of what we believe matters most here. Challenges happen to us all. It's how you get past them that defines you and your journey. Mm. At some point in time, you will run into ick, you'll run into dinos, you'll run into a flooded floor, you'll run yeah. into a leaky tank, yeah. you'll run into a skimmer that's overflowing, you'll run into like 8 million things, uh, probably all of them at yeah. some point in time. It's how do you manage those things that defines you and how successful you will be from there. Because uh, it's really easy to get down. I mean, at one point, this tank was just filled with Aptasia. Oh, gosh. Right? We thought we'd never get over it. No, it's like it's close to shut it down, man. Yeah. But you throw your effort, you throw some time in it, you turn the whole thing around. And we did it also in the 750. Same man. thing. Aptasia just exploded. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a year battle. It was almost a year battle with this. It was just at a year battle on the 750. But even even uh, us who've been doing it for a while has run into challenges to the day. Part of it is knowing that it is possible to beat it and how. Mm. So when we run into the challenges, knowing what to expect and what to do. Yeah. Uh, because if if you told me I needed to go beat the Aptasia and you said I should do it in the next 60 days, uh, yeah. I'm going to be really disappointed and I'm going to feel like a big loser yeah. that I wasn't able to conquer this challenge. Yeah. But if I said, hey, just don't let the Aptasia bother you. Uh, we'll 
implement this strategy and this time next year, this won't be your problem. Mm. And on top of that, you'll have great pride because you will have conquered a challenge that very, very few people have. Yeah, I think that setting that probably that goes back to this. Uh, the successful reefers are the ones who anticipate the inevitable. Uh, part of anticipating the inevitable is uh, having that mindset of uh, you know your expectations. Uh, when you get Aptasia, you shouldn't expect to like when you run into these challenges and these hurdles through the hobby. Uh, a lot of people's expectation is I want to kill it and I want to solve it. I want it done now. Well, if you temper some of that expectation, be like, it's okay for this to take a, it's a journey to get out of. Uh, then at the other, at the other end, it feels more rewarding when you come over that hurdle. You're like, you know, I didn't expect to kill it, uh, to beat it in a month. It didn't take me a month. It took me, like like you said, 750 took a year to get mm -hmm. the Aptasia problem under control. Uh, but at the other end, we're like, man, look at this tank now. It wasn't a year of hard work. It was just mostly do just, the right things and have some patience. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But if you yeah set those expectations and you're not going to disappoint yourself. All right. So mm -hmm. the next five we will call hard lessons that we'd like to avoid in the future. And these are, these uh, are this case, I got six actually, but there are six things, man, I would love for everybody out there to avoid mm. beginners, intermediates, whatever, share this information with other people. You, you share. All right. First one is hard lessons I would like to avoid. Choose your own adventure or piecemeal reefing has low percentage outcome. It's characterized by unsystematic partial measures. Yes. So piecemeal reefing, meaning like I decided I want a reef tank. I'll go search a perfect protein skimmer, perfect calcium solution, perfect lighting solution, perfect flow solution, Filtration, perfect sand solution. Yeah. Perfect. And then I'll try to piece it all together it's very similar to making cookies and deciding, well, I need chocolate chips, flour, whatever. But like, I didn't know how much of the baking soda to use, or maybe I just left it out because somebody told me I didn't need to manage that thing yeah. or whatever it is. And I make a pretty crappy cookie. <laughs> and I think the, the best uh, like analogy that you have seen us learn in real time, and we call them tank trials for a reason, yeah. but yeah, yeah. the WWC tank trial the and the ULM tank trials is because we were doing just that. We were taking a recipe that works for WWC mm. in a commercial environment that has employees that are taking care of these things all day long. Uh, what works there? And then we're gonna move it over to here and only the subtlest difference uh, yeah. actually made the change, which was in their environment, they have you know thousands of pounds of live rock that are sitting in these bins just waiting to be used for tanks like this. Yep. And when we started dry rock bare bottom, we missed that one piece of the recipe and it was kind of piecemeal recipe, yeah, right? Yeah. And we had the same problems with the ULMs where we found out that the bare bottom dry rock solution was really challenging. And it's because we were taking a bunch of thoughts and you were watching us in real time, you oh, know, yeah. plug it out. And and, well, logically and methodically in our head, like, yeah, that should work. That, that yeah, I, every, we justified every, every decision on those thinking, that makes, that makes complete total sense. And, and the nature of those two things was, let's go find the next frontier, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas with the uh, 160 here, it was, let's just take everything that we know and the most successful things for the ways that we do it and turn it into an actual path, Yeah. right? Well, it produced that type of result. <laughs> I mean, here right? it is today, yeah. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, think about that, uh, the piecemeal reefing. 
em it really ties again into em emulating somebody or a path or a recipe mm -hmm. of some kind. Mm -hmm. Okay, almost the next one here of uh, lessons I avoid in the future, and we kind of hit on this one I think already, but almost every action we take in the tank is based on someone's advice, whether or not we sought it out, uh, researched it, or they actually just told it. Uh -huh. uh, be wary of advice coming from those who uh, are cannot show you the fruits of their success. Thank you, Greg Carroll. <laughs> uh, uh, unwilling to show failures or recommend products and solutions that are good for them rather than you. Mm, this is really good. Yeah. yeah. So think about like the sources of advice that you're getting from, because if that person can't show you, if they don't, there's like a lot of theoretical knowledge and then yeah. there's a knowledge of application and actually doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That person doesn't maintain a reef tank. There's just think about how you want to apply their knowledge because it's different than a knowledge from somebody who's actually achieved the goal that you want, mm. not just has some knowledge that you want. I like the second part uh, a little bit um, more than the first one. So, you know, don't uh, be wary of the advice that comes from uh, people who can't show you the fruits of their success. In this hobby, it's really easy to see the fruits of success and identify those people because it's a you know it's a visual thing. And people are sharing their awesome tanks all the time. People are sharing like how how fat and happy their fish are and how, look at all this awesome stuff. So you you see the fruits of success a lot. What you don't see or hardly ever see. I. I I can't imagine like uh, that handful of threads or whatnot uh, I've seen that are uh, are the failures. Mm -hmm. Like guys, look at this massive failure I did. Like if more people were to do that, we'd probably. I mean, the success of everybody would go up if you just showed how you made mistakes. How you fail. Uh, one of the most popular shares we have is how we fail. Yeah, <laughs> the mistakes and episodes that we have. Some of the most popular. So, I'm going to tell you though, it's hard. And this is the reason why you don't see very many people tell you when their advice sucks and when it, when they failed, mm. right? And like, they don't come out and say, hey, I messed up. Yeah, you know? yeah it didn't work. Uh, and it's because it's embarrassing, man. Uh, and There's a, a status attached to yeah. success. There's uh, And you feel like you're chipped off of that status ladder when you're showing failures. Yeah, and like, so for- But it from, happens to everybody. That's the problem. Like, everybody fails. I'm gonna just speak <laughs> from my heart about myself, which is like, when I fail, there's not any single part of me that really wants to expose that to all of you, mm. but I do it anyway because it's the right thing. It's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, there's not any part of me that publicly wants to come out and say, uh, let's Screwed get the dumb guys. thing I did. You know? <laughs> um, but if I share that, other people will learn from it, not mm. have to go through the same, mm. you know, hard path that I went through. Yeah. And so when you're looking for people that give you that advice, man, you know, and you're looking for people when you ask a question and they tell you like, I mm. had uh, the best way to do something, you know, like, you know, look for, like, has this person ever shown any humility? Because if they haven't, and puts their advice at question for me. Mm. Uh, That's a really good one. And the last part is the recommended products. And this is like a, I would call it like a, a plague within our hobby, which is when I ask somebody oh, yeah. the best thing, in vast majority of cases, nobody's actually asking you what the best thing is for, for you, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which you may have a budget that dictates this. You may have a, a, a specific desire for mounting space, space like, tank type. So many variables that go in there. But you know, how many people do you hear what they, 
ask the what, one is the question being asked is is probably the wrong question. What is the best? Because that inherently puts everybody at algae turf scrubber or uh, you know Kato reactor or refugium, and then then fight and bicker and fight and bicker and fight and bicker. But nobody's asking like, well, well, what what are your uh, requirements? You know, I don't really like the word best very often. Yeah. We'll use it here some on some of these things, but like. What I'd rather ask is like, what are some really good options mm -hmm. for this mm -hmm. thing? Like, so like, you know, if I asked you the best light, it kind of instinctively goes to the what most I bought. expensive stuff or purchase or, defense. Yeah, or what I bought. Because you, it's, it's hard, it's human nature because you mm. spent the last six months researching the perfect lighting solution. So once you install it and it costs you a bunch of money, Oh, when somebody asks, I'll it's really hard it. <laughs> to not just regurgitate, you know, the research that you did but if you like look at that person and see, oh, mm -hmm. they have some diff some needs that are different than mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, they're yeah. ha having LPS skill tanks sets. L or LPS yeah corals in there, not SPS or softies or they're you know like, I mean, just because I bought a bunch of XR you know thirty yeah. uh, radions, doesn't mean it's your best. Want to put zoanthids in this tank? <laughs> and that's not really the most cost effective solution. Yeah. I mean, a minimum you should go down to the fifteen. <laughs> you should maybe even consider the prime. You know, <laughs> uh, it's a, a total different path. But if I was sitting there saying, "Oh, AI prime is the one for me," you know, but like if your goal was wall to wall SPS dream tank mm -hmm. tank of the month. Mm -hmm. Uh, a couple of AI primes probably ain't the solution either. <laughs> you know, so best is a, a different thing, you know? Yeah. And quite frankly, you can look at somebody and say, oh, well, that guy drives a Ferrari. Maybe cost isn't that person's issue. I don't know. It's just like, now it's just like the best, think of an infinite budget as the best. It's a different thing, you know? So think about that. Us. Next, one. Uh, next one, hard lessons to avoid in the future. Uh, the, I can't wait until this one actually holds for everybody. Not dead is not the goal. So, hey, oh, my, my fish are still alive and kicking, or my coral, uh, the little piece of it is still alive. And, uh, you, know, you know, that's still success to me. Uh, there's, there's more to it than death it's being th the bar. Like the only thre threshold is I've essentially poured arsenic in the tank and stuff died. That's the that's that definition of like doing a good job in this case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you think about it like your dog or cat, you know, and there's like, you know, a dollar ninety nine food that, uh, you know, has got wheat and soybeans and uh, modified cornstarch as the first ingredient. It'll right? keep them alive. Yeah, I don't know. My cat lived on Meow Mix and Purina, you know, for 10 years, but I've also <laughs> had cats that lived 20 years, yeah. right? And they were healthier and they didn't have joint problems and stuff and like nutrition and caring for them was more than that. And if we think about it, like with the fish, you know, you'll have the same type of result. Mm. If you think about not just the nutrition, but the habitat, the quality of the water, if you think about all of these things, not dead, that it, whatever I did wasn't so toxic that it just killed everything immediately. That was like two decades ago goal. You know, when we could barely keep this stuff alive, that is not today. Yeah. So the next evolution is definitely not dead, not the goal. <laughs> All right, the next one here. This one is like, this one's kind of double-edged sword for me, but hard lessons to avoid in the future. Trailblazers get shot in the back more than those who follow after. 
right? <laughs> uh, and so, I don't know, I'm a natural born trailblazer, so I get shot in the back all the time. It, it's happened know? a few times around here. I wanna be first down the path. I wanna learn something new. I wanna get excited about what I'm learning. I wanna share it. I, like, I, I know like uh, the whole biome testing that we're doing here. Mm -hmm. I should probably just wait for the whole episode to be done, but like, if you guys were standing here with me, I'd want to drag you down there and show you what we're learning. Yeah. Uh, and so, I don't know. Let's just do it. Yeah. You know? I, 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 what are like, we waiting for? The good thing, oh, it's easy for us to be trailblazers here too, is, uh, you know, because of the resources and everything that we have that other people don't. Uh, you know, what, we, what we're able to try and test for the community and then share the results with the community, you know, whether it's good or bad, uh, you know, puts us in a good position to be a trailblazer, but there's opportunities for trailblazers all, all over and whole new products come out. Yeah, so I shared earlier here the ROI of this whole thing. And I shared with me that for me, it's the challenge of doing something difficult, changing the status quo, evolving our knowledge, a bottomless pit of creative energy mm. that just happens something beautiful and powerful at the end, which to me means part of my joy from this will be trailblazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I also have to understand with going to lands that nobody's gone to before, trying new things, I'm going to fail more often than other people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and so for you, if your goal actually isn't to find new lands, it's just to have a beautiful, epic tank in your house, consider avoiding the, trail the trailblazer blazing, blazing yeah, yeah, yeah. hats. Yeah. You know, that may come later on in the hobby yeah. for you. Uh, but really soak that in and decide mm -hmm. where the ROI is of this for. Is it just a beautiful tank? That's the return on the investment that I get. Or is it, I find joy in trailblazing? I find joy in failure. I mean, <laughs> that's where we learn our, all of our best stuff. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I, find I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy taking <laughs> the brave decisions that may not go the way that we wanted yeah. as long as we learn something from it and move forward and evolve. Yeah, yeah, don't, yeah. don't want to hang out in the past. All right, next one. Next one here is a five-year tank and a one-year tank are not the same, and mentors that you're listening to should embrace that. Mm -hmm. like there is absolutely a massive difference between how I treat and care for my one-year tank with a little bit of frags and whatnot versus my five-year fully grown out tank. And uh, you know what worked back then absolutely will not work the same today. So this is really important to think about when you give advice to other people that where they are versus where you're at. And the one that always comes to mind mm -hmm. is people who come out and say, I don't do water changes, look at my beautiful tank. And the reality is, is their tank actually does look beautiful. Yeah, it does. And it looks like a path to success, right? Well, what we're not considering is the age. That was a destination, not the journey. Yeah. That person didn't start that way. Like, nope. A vast, vast majority of We business. tried it. We tried yeah. starting that way and it didn't work. Uh, a low percentage Very outcome. Low. So yeah. it could happen. You could do it. It's just a low percentage outcome. Almost anybody you ask said, if I didn't do any water changes from day one, how would my tank look in a year? low percentage outcome <laughs> to what you would want. And right? the, yeah, and the whole point of this series uh, that we're talking about is finding those highest percentage outcomes mm -hmm. uh, in paths. So, however, five years from now, where the corals are actually your primary uh, uh, pollutant uh, uh, you know, sink in the tank, mm -hmm. and actually suck all this stuff up, it's actually more stable, it doesn't have the same issues, and 
you know, some people are successful with water change, no water changes. If I, if I had to, you know, bet the farm here, I would say that it's a much higher percentage at any point for the people that do water changes to mm -hmm. be successful. But I will openly acknowledge that some people are able to pull it off without. I agree. But think about where you are and uh, at any specific point when you're uh, talking about it, because the, the five-year tank and one-year tank, the things you do are not the same. They need to evolve uh, in a direction. Mm. Okay, this is uh, 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 another hard lesson that this one's actually really hard to see. I don't know how to give you advice on uh, how to identify this, but oh, other yeah. than to know to look for it, it's the failures are rarely around to share why they failed, mm. right? And so all the advice that somebody's pouring out into the universe, once that advice turns south on them and they're no longer, they just poof out they're, of existence. I stop giving advice. You don't get to hear that it failed. Yeah. You don't ever get to see them. Like, so, all this kind of really left is all of the partial successes, you know? Yeah. It's all of those people that uh, uh, are currently winning and just haven't lost yet. <laughs> <laughs> Winning's the easy part. Winning's the easy part. Not losing is the hard part. All right, uh, so what's next?